Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm joined by my teammate, co-host, and member of the K1 Director Team. It's Beth Ann Lampley. Hello. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Beth Ann. We have a massive topic for today. The title of today's podcast is called Live It Up, Looking Up. And this catchphrase comes from my great friend, Connor Ketchum. former K, Yeah, he's a legend. K2 leadership guy back in the day. He's a great friend. We've been on a couple trips to Alaska together, floated out in the wilderness. You don't hear that every day. No, good, good friend. (laughs) Good friend. And I've always liked that phrase. And I I reflect back in 2005 when I moved to Branson, I moved for the real estate business. I was a young guy, young professional. And my first summer in the Branson area, there was all these young people running around who were energetic and joyful and cool and fun. And I'm like, who are all these young people? And I come to find out they were Christians. And they worked at Canacuck and Kids Across America, the summer camps. And what was so inspiring to me, Beth Ann, is I saw a picture of faith in young people that I didn't have as a kid. When I was growing up, I grew up in small town, Illinois and Iowa. And there was, you know, like when young people graduated, they left town and never came back. And so to like see these young people running around this town, I was like so inspired. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like what, what would my life have been like had I had that example? I think it would have been different. When you were growing up, did you have young, vibrant people to look up to in their faith? You know, I did, Shay. I grew up in the church, you know, pastor's kid. And so I had the opportunity to be around a lot of amazing people. But I feel like camp people are on a whole other level, you know, and we say a lot at camp that our our staff are our secret sauce, like they're what make, you know, this place amazing. And so I had that same experience, you know, coming into this place that these are the most fun people I've ever met. And um, they're having the most fun and they're also living their lives for Jesus. So yeah, I was super encouraged um, by that when I came into the Canuck world as well. Kids Across America made a phrase famous Hype is a ministry. That's right. And speaking of hype, our guests today oh, they're are hype. super mad, crazy hype, they? Aren't are they? super mad, crazy hype. They are flagnum, fired up and going nuts every minute. Um, we have, Shay, two of the most fun, dynamic, and creative young leaders at Canacuck right now. None other than Joe Sewell and Cooper McCullough. They are Guys who grew up working at camp, Joe, I know you were a camper, um, you were a staff in training, and you've just, a huge part of your story has been um, at camp. Cooper was a huge part of camp during his college years, and they are both now on our full-time team as resident and recruiters, and so they are out in um, College Station in Waco, Texas, investing in staff and bringing more fun, dynamic young leaders to Canacuck. So guys, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to be here. Thank you so totally much. Totally excited to be here. Phil, I mean, feel a little oversold. Uh, I, I mean, you guys are too kind. You're too kind. I agree. 
I I disagree. You guys were made for this. <laughs> Thanks, Shay. I mean, just put a microphone in front of your face and let the magic happen. Wow. Quite the intro. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Cooper. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, Canicook, I remember had, I had no idea what Canicook was until I got to college, whereas Joe's story is a little different of feels like you were raised on Canicook. Uh, but it's been, it's been an awesome part of our story. Yeah. So as Beth Ann said, you guys are like the energy. You're the cool factor. You're fun guys. You're creative. How did you get this way? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Uh, I, man, I think as I, I think my dad had a big role to play is I just saw him as a man who loved life and loved the Lord and um, just taught me what it looked like to live out John 10, 10. So the first part of that verse is less fun, maybe, right? It says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus is talking, he says, but I have come that you might have life and life to the full. And obviously part of that is eternal life, but I believe we can experience life to the full on this side of eternity. Uh, and so I think to live in a way that is fun and exciting and energetic is glorifying to Jesus. And, and I would say it's the better way to live, right? I've lived this way for a while. My dad has taught me that. I see it in the scriptures and uh, I just, I've benefited and had more fun living this way. I love that. Well, I'd, I'd echo that. I just think growing up, I, I lived in a household that was, that was joyful. That was modeled by my parents. Uh, my dad has an iconic laugh uh, that we, we love to hear in my household, my mom full of joy, smiles. And I just remember growing up being, being a kid that loved to be joyful and didn't find any reason to live any other way. And then I came to Kanakuk and that changed, I mean, that changed my life. I think like, like we're going to talk about later, there's really something to be said about seeing staff guys that are fired up and going nuts every minute, but love Jesus. And it, it goes against kind of what the stereotype of a believer is. And that was, that was a, a game changer for me as a middle schooler and high schooler. I love it. Let's kind of talk about, you know, as we all grew up, I think we probably saw life in a, you know, big picture. There was a lifestyle that looked fun and exciting. And then there was maybe one that looked more dull and boring. And I think we we tend to associate, you know, maybe that more dull and boring life, you know, with our Christian faith. So talk about that misconception, you know, that, you know, living your life as a Christian, as a believer isn't fun. And, you know, it's not as fun as living a little bit of a more worldly lifestyle. Yeah, I just, I just completely disagree with that. I think you're exactly right that that is a stereotype. But I heard uh, someone say, I don't even remember who it was, but someone say one time they were asked, basically, it was a pastor talking to someone and, and they were saying, you know, I've, I've lived my life. I uh, got to do whatever I wanted to do. And then eventually came to the Lord. And now I'm living in the way that God would call me to live. Uh, whereas you were saved at a young age. Like, do you feel like you got gypped? And this person replied and said, no way. I think in my experiences, I've had more joy and less scars. Like I have belly laughed harder than you ever have. I have, uh, had deep relationships and friendships without the risk of feeling like I'm not going to be able to perform or not be enough for them. I think there's just this freedom that comes in Christ. Obviously scripture talks all about it, but this freedom that comes in confidence of who we are and there's just less insecurity that comes from, man, am I getting invited to the right parties? Am I drinking enough to be impressive? There's so many things that can uh, bog us down that go with the air quotes, like more fun life, right? Obviously I don't believe that, but uh, I, yeah, I think more joy and less scars is what I would say. Uh, I love that. I that. That is yeah. a great way to put it, Cooper. I just want to echo, I think 
I think that misconception comes from the enemy who's a deceiver. And yeah. the enemy would want us to think that the commands of the Lord are burdensome. Whereas First John 5, 5 3. Says, yeah, it says his commands are not burdensome. And in fact, they've been created for us for human thriving. And so the misconception that I'm missing out when I'm following the commands of Jesus is a lie from the enemy. I think we can even go back to that John 10, 10 of just remembering like the enemy really did come to like deceive. And, you know, it is so easy to believe those lies in our head as we look at the world and, you know, can can speak some of those things ourselves like, well, maybe I would have more fun if I did this or that. But I love that you guys are just pointing us back to scripture to say, no, like we can have life and have it abundantly. And that comes, that comes from the Lord. You know, I think about a lot like how worldly living is popularized through media, TikTok, YouTube, movies, etc. Well, certainly there is a seductive allure. There are good feelings and emotions that are attached to sin. But typically there's a bit, there's uh, the results of, of indulging is left out. So let's talk about that. Like what, what is it? The deceiver is not, is kind of like brushing to the side that follows all that worldly living. That's good. Yeah. I think I've heard it said that some of what we see presented is people's highlight reels, not their behind the scenes, mm -hmm. whether that be on social media or TikTok or movies or et cetera. And what, what you see is you see pleasure associated with sin, but you don't see the consequence. You don't see the emptiness that's caused by it. And I think that that's a huge disservice to, to the, the middle school or high schooler that's looking at this content and trying to make decisions about, Hey, is this something that I want to emulate or not? Because we don't, we don't see the, the brokenness and the pain and the lack of joy and the brokenness that's on, on mm -hmm. the other end of that. Yeah, I think it's it's so easy to portray a persona of what's fun and what's not fun and what's life giving and what's not, and and it uh, eventually, like it from experience, I can tell you that it gets exhausting, and so eventually there will be moments where those things probably start to seep out in the cracks, just ex like the consequences that people are experiencing. You'll start to see. Well, really, I think it's Psalm sixteen eleven. And it says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There's fullness of joy at your right hand is pleasures forevermore. And thinking that's what people are looking for is where is the path of life? Where can I have uh, a full life? Every time that I've trusted Jesus at his word, I have found that that was where life was found. I, when I run to things like pornography or things that are um, trying to be impressive to others, never have I left thinking like, oh, I feel fulfilled now. Whereas mm -hmm. every time I run to the cross and run to vulnerability or confession or prayer or worship or <laughs> good, clean fun, every time those things are what I pursue, I, I'm reminded like, yeah, that is the path of life. Mm -hmm. the, the picture I see in my mind is sometimes you'll see a post that's got one picture that says Instagram and the next one says, this is the reality, you know? So I'm thinking of like right, yeah. the Robbins family Christmas card. Everyone is poised and smiling at the camera, but... Nobody knows that maybe one minute before this picture, you know, someone's running off, someone's crying, someone just got mud all over there. Oh, it's one out of 59 yeah, photos, right? right? Like that we, look good. We see, we talk about this a lot, but on social media, we just see the highlight reel and what looks good. And so for us to remember, there's more behind, you know, the scene in the story and not everything is as it appears to be. I want to push into, you know, 
I guess it's probably another step of the stereotype, but the the Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Girl stereotype for your for your life goal to just be nice. That is, you know, as I was growing up, I'm like, that's actually like the dullest <laughs> lifestyle I can possibly think of is just to be nice. Talk to us about that. Like, what is what is real faith play out like? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if you look at your faith, as you were saying, as a list of this is allowed, this is not allowed, I think you're missing out on the fullness of life that can be found in Christ. Uh, there, if if the goal is to be nice, it's a it's a very low bar, and I think we would all say in our own flesh, I, it's hard for me to be nice. Even like if I'm doing that apart from Christ, but uh, what I would say is just back to the stereotype of nice guy, nice girl for, for the sake of Christ. I, I think, man, there's, there is so much more like Jesus came and he revolutionized. I mean, even the calendar is, has been changed because of him. Like people who believe in Jesus and have been radically changed have the ability and the power by the Holy Spirit to truly change the world. So I think if you settle for, I'm going to be nice, I think that's a very small goal to know that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And so why would you not capitalize and believe in that and just say, well, I'm going to be try to be a moral, nice person. I think it's a very low bar. Totally, totally. And I think, man, if you read throughout the whole pages of the Bible, the only place you're going to find those nice guys is in in the accounts of Jesus, and they're called the Pharisees. And I mean, that's a boring life to live. I mean, they they did a great job at being the nice guys. But one thing I learned from you, Shay, is that man, the Bible is full of adventure. There's adventure in the Bible because there's peril, there's danger, there's risk, there's risk involved. But at the end of the day, we have the spirit of the living God living inside of us that people used to walk miles to go see at the temple. It's living inside of our bones as believers. It's equipped us for every good work and it's made good works for us to walk in that he prepared for us beforehand. And so it's an adventurous life for the person that will walk out in faith, choose to abide and, and rely on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just clarify. I'm like, obviously kindness is a part of the character of God, but yeah, so is spirit. courage, passion, adventure, boldness, right? It's not just this sliver of character. It's it's a wide breadth of character qualities that can be taken on as you walk in relationship with Christ. I think that's the cliche is just remembering we are walking in relationship. You know, I think a lot of us, we get caught, like we've already kind of said in the, I can do this. I can't do that. I'm trying to hold to this whole list of things to make me appear to be walking with Christ. When in reality, we've got to remember, like, like we're saying, we're on an adventure with God. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, man, every day kind of waking up, you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to encounter today and what God may put before me. It says in Ephesians that he's prepared good works for us in advance to walk in. And only God knows what those are. And so it's actually the most adventurous life we could live um, because we know that we've got the power of, you know, the Holy Spirit and, and good works prepared in advance. So talk a little bit, you know, we kind of just mentioned um, joy and, and happiness. Where do those things come from? Where does the believer find that? This is kind of what we've been talking about and circling about, about throughout this entire podcast that we've been talking, but uh, true joy is found in Jesus alone. The, the one who came, lived, died, and resurrected, rose from the dead, didn't stay dead. And just even, even in my own life, I see that of 
um, growing up, right? I grew up in a Christian home, but was quickly confused to think kind of like we were talking about that that meant to be nice and to be moral. Um, and what I found was this exhausting pressure to be the good kid. And, mm-hmm. and uh, as I continued to put up this persona and this fake, right? Because ultimately, like scripture's clear, no one is good, no, not one, no one is righteous. Um, but I, I learned that it went well for me at church, at home, at soccer practice, at school. If I was a good kid, life went well for me. So I tried to keep up this persona. Uh, and I just remember in eighth grade, I got caught cheating on a Spanish quiz, which may sound small. No, but may do yeah, this. Yeah, not muy bueno. All right, that's right. But not <laughs> awesome. And, and around that same time, I got caught by my parents with pornography on my phone. And so with both of those things, my this idol of perfection and morality was just cr- like it crumbled right before my very eyes. And I and I like that was when I remember realizing like, oh, I really. I can't do this on my own. Like I need someone else who's, who's, who is already, I mean, scripture is clear because of me putting my faith in Jesus. I've been made the righteousness of God. And so there's just such freedom that comes with knowing Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those from Christ Jesus. Joe, I'm thinking about, I want to point this to you because recently I got to sit under uh, a time where you're getting to teach and invest in some of our young uh, student leaders at camp. And um, one of the things you talked about was security in the form of finding our identity in Christ. And, And one of the questions you posed is, does anyone feel like a fraud because you're living in any, you know, unconfessed or hidden sin? And I think, again, as believers, just like you were saying, Cooper, We can try so hard to hold up an image, a form of godliness, but on the inside, we could be, you know, wrecked with sin. You know, how do we truly find, you know, what's the benefit and the gift of walking in freedom when we're actually secure in in our identity in Christ because we're dealing with sin? Wow. That's a great question. Once again, I think the, the enemy is aptly called the accuser because he seeks to accuse us in our sin, tell us that we're a fraud, tell us that, man, if they really knew who you were, then then they wouldn't love you. They wouldn't, you know, they they wouldn't support you. They would abandon you. And that's that's not true biblical confession. If we believe what what scripture says on the other side of walking in freedom, on the other side of confessing hidden sin, there's there's cleansing. There's freedom. There's purification. Psalm 51 says he'll make us whiter than snow when he washes us with hyssop. First John 1 says he's faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us of all unrighteousness. James 5.16 says there's healing on the other side of confession. And so, yeah, to, to the listener out there that's that feels no joy because they're walking in sin. I just want to say, yeah, it's scary to confess sin, but on the other side, there there's freedom. And the lie is there's not freedom. The lie is there's more pain, there's more suffering. And so that's what I'd say. I think to, to cultivate joy, the fruit of joy, which we talked about is a fruit of a fruit of the spirit. And I, you cannot do that apart from Christ. And so for me, I think there was a time when I tried to squeeze out the fruit of joy. But John 15 says, apart from me, you can do no good thing. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And so the answer to cultivating joy is not really sitting down and I'm going to work on joy like I'm working on a workout. It's it's simply to abide with Christ. And part of abiding with Christ for a believer is walking in freedom, confessing sin and confessing it boldly. Preach it, Joe. That was beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. So this summer, 
I sent, we had five of our six kids were at camp first term. And so we had uh, four of them at K1 and, you know, where Beth Ann's at and, you know, such a joy to drop them off there because I know what happens. Like, I know that my kids, they're going to, they're going to look at the examples around them and they're going to see people who are living it up, looking up, you know, I mean, just having so much fun and and then and seeing this example of what it looks like to be a Christian, make a case to listeners out there of why they need to put people like that in their life or in the lives of their kids to help spur them on in their faith. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an awesome question of, of why, why is this worth it? Why is it worth getting around people who you see doing this well. And I, I just, it's, it's really hard to follow Jesus by yourself, right? Like there are people who would say, man, all I need is, I don't, I don't go to church anymore. I just, man, I just read my Bible. And I would say that's, it's really hard to follow Jesus by yourself. And I think in the same way, it's really hard to look at this broken world that we live in without people around you reminding you of the hope that we have, right? We, when we talk about joy, it's not this, uh, fake happiness where you just put on a smile and say it's a great day when bad things happen. That's not that's not what joy is. Joy is this uh, ability to um, persevere through trial and know that in the end we win. Like Jesus wins in the end. And so we have this hope as we suffer. Uh, and so I think having people around you that do that curates that within you. And, and so I think it's like, it's just, it's really hard to do it by yourself. Like there's, uh, my, my dad, I mean, growing up every single day before I would go to school, he would look at me and say, who's going to make it a great day today? And I would say, I'm going to make it a great day today. And there's a couple of things behind that of just one, it's, he would also say like, life is 10% what happens to you and, and 90% how you react to it. He'd say, don't dread the inevitable. And just these ideas of uh, things are going to happen in life, but you have the ability uh, through the Holy Spirit to make today a great day. And it doesn't mean only good things are going to happen, but it means that the outcome of today can be positive because you know that Jesus is with you. So so I think just why why do we have people around you? Because it's helpful to be reminded when things are happening in my life, when I'm experiencing trials, it's helpful for me to come to Joe and be reminded of the hope that we have that produces joy. I want to hang with your dad. He's awesome. Like he would have been Epic. an amazing programs guy, but he, he had no idea what camp was growing up. <laughs> Missed it. Yeah, I'd say for me, I mean, I I would just go back to your story of your kids, Shay. And, you know, I mean, I tell people this all the time. I work around some of the best dads and moms on the planet on on the Canicuck team. And, and you would be one of those. And that being said, when when you're looking at those who are making deep spiritual impact with your kids, there's a humbling piece where it's like, man, I'm around them all the time, but they get around... Joe Hendricks or they get around some of these other college guys yeah. and or girls. And it's like, how come they get to have the, the big impact? You know what I mean? And so I think there's a humbling that I've just noticed occurring as a parent. And my parents did an awesome job of walking in that, that humility of like, man, they, they told me about Jesus all the time. They were joy filled, but I, I met, and, and, and you'll get a kick out of this. I met Ross Brown my first summer yes. at K2 and he had so much joy and loved Jesus so much that it blew my socks off. And I'm like, okay, actually what my parents were, were saying was right. So it, it was like a great authenticator of the message that I'd heard forever. I, like that, and, and that's not to say that the things that parents are doing is not important. It is vastly, vastly important. But I think there is something to be said for a high school guy, and I know this because it was me, to see 
a 20, 21 year old guy who loves Jesus in college one step ahead of them just to say, okay, this is, this is a person one step ahead of me that's following Jesus. This is where I can grow and mature in my joy. And so part of that is like, man, when I, when I see somebody in college who loves Jesus and has fun in a biblical spirit led way, it shows me that that stereotype that the world is pitching is just not true. And it Mm. comes from a deceiver. That's what I'd say. Good word. You know, I think a lot as we talk to college students, especially freshmen, they're kind of caught in the trap of, I really want to make friends and I want to fit in. So I feel like I have to go here or I have to do that. And I love to encourage them in those interviews of why don't you be the person that offers a different option? You know, do you care more about walking in obedience to Christ or more about fitting in with a crowd? And so just even getting to empower other believers of we get to be different. We get to, again, be the most fun people in the room, but doing that in a way that honors um, honors the Lord. And I think it, it goes back to where we started. Cooper, you mentioned just John 10, 10 of, of remembering that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ has come so that we might have life and have it abundantly and to walk in freedom as we walk in obedience to Christ. So we want to encourage all of our listeners today, like go be the most fun person um, in the room because you've got, you know, uh, you've got Christ in you and that is the overflow that's coming out of your heart. So thanks guys, just for all of your insight and wisdom. And we're so excited, uh, for a fun summer at camp with you guys. Yeah, we're pumped. Thanks so much. Totally pumped. And thank you to our audience for hanging out with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm third approach to family leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray with you. Father, we just uh, lift up our listeners today and we pray that you would encourage them and that you would fill them with the joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. And I want to pray, God, that, that you would place people in their life that would spur them on in their faith, that they could laugh with and go on great adventures with and share uh, sweet moments with that would cause them to be encouraged in faith and and that it wouldn't stop there, but then we would turn and be that for somebody else. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.